Welcome to Enlivening Musings. I'm Crystal. And I'm Katie. And today we have a special guest, Audra Maurer, pronouns she, her. She is a full spectrum doula and owner of Rauha, Rauha, she's going to have to correct me on that, birth <laughs> services. She has been supporting reproductive experiences since 2008 and she stepped into the birth support role full time in 2019. She is committed to accessible and inclusive support for all persons and choices in their reproductive journey. Through education, advocacy, and leadership, she is changing local reproductive culture for all. And it's amazing. And she's amazing. And I'm so excited to have her here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yay. Thank did, you. Did I say it right? Roja? Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. No, say, <laughs> say it, it. Say it. Say it. So it's Rauha. Yeah. Let's see. It's Finnish. So Finnish for natural peace. Mm. And yeah, it it was one of those things like marketing tells you, pick something everyone can say. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to do my own thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, and it's so beautiful. And it's just you. And I don't know. I like everything about your work and your branding. So it's great. Oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, right off the bat with your introduction, some people have no idea what a doula is, let alone a full spectrum doula. So we're just going to jump right into that. What is a full spectrum doula? What do you do? Yeah. So a, a lot of people are becoming more familiar with what a doula is. Um, but a doula is a person that supports um, people that are um, going through a reproductive journey. Often what most people are familiar with are would be like a birth doula. So someone that's helping with prenatal support, attending a birth, and then um, also postpartum doulas are becoming a little more well-known as well. Um, so it's that person that can be there, kind of help guiding through the process, um, answering questions, directing to resources. Um, but as a full spectrum doula, it's a more of an intentional choice to support all different reproductive choices and outcomes throughout the, the whole reproductive life cycle. Um, so when I decided to become a doula, I spent some time and really thought about what was happening in our world and uh, who I am and what's important to me. And I was raised to always be kind of radically inclusive. Um, and that was something that I didn't really see in our local community. So a full spectrum doula is supports, like I said, the whole journey. And that includes everything from, you know, fertility, loss, um, which was big for me because I have a lot of personal history with loss. Um, it also, and this is the one that tends to be the most taboo, is it also supports termination. Um, and then, uh, you know, can really vary as well with the people that you're supporting. So intentionally, you know, you heard in my intro, I work very intentionally to use things like saying what my pronouns are. Um, I use inclusive language everywhere in my work, um, on my forms, on my website, because not just women give birth. Um, people that identify as non-binary, uh, there may be trans people that also, uh, you know, do birth human. So mm -hmm. it was just important to me. I didn't see that anywhere in our community. And 
everyone exists in our community and deserves that same support. So I, I chose a training group that was intentionally a full spectrum training, um, that actually was created and is led by a black queer woman. So it's also very focused on things like maternal mortality disparity and, um, you know, experiences for people of color and how that is not the same for a white cis hetero person like myself. Um, And so that, that really just was such an important thing when I decided to become a doula. Um, And here I am doing it two and a half years later and so glad that I chose to go that path. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's what you've been doing the last two years. So were you just kind of like a, a standard birth doula before that? Is that how you would have labeled yourself? <laughs> um, so, you know, I, when I, in my intro, I talk about how I've been supporting people since like 2008. Right. What's interesting is I would, I had never said I was a doula before that. And it okay. wasn't until I became a doula that I was like, Fun story. I didn't know I was, but I have been um, because I have been supporting people through their loss journeys um, mm-hmm. since 2008. And um, being the person that has supported friends when they've had the difficult decision to terminate or, you know, walk through that journey and supporting others. So that was, you know, it's something that I didn't realize what I was doing until I was like, I'm going to be a doula. Oh, fun story. <laughs> Already have been for a while. <laughs> um, so then in in 2019, I full time was like, I'm going to be a doula. And that made that my career and started my business. Cool. Yeah. yeah I think that's great. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. So what, I mean, you're saying then that's you know, you were already doing this. So do you feel like what exactly got you started? You know, was it just a friend was going through something and then you're like, oh, I'm going to step into this role because I have empathy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think back, I mean, back in 2008, I was a college kid, right? So I was just kind of, I had these people around me that were having these experiences and I was just I've always sort of been people always called me mom like even in high school <laughs> I was like the person they would come to for support um, and so they would you know reach this really difficult point where they had a decision to make and I was like yeah I support you 100% no judgment um, here wear my sweatshirt with my name on the back when you walk into the clinic then they'll think it's me and they won't know it's you because I don't care um, and I think that was always you know it just sort of organically happened um, and then I had my first um, my first miscarriage in 2015, and it was going through that experience that I started to go through it, and I was like, I feel so alone. I have nobody around me, and it was through just happening to see someone had posted on Facebook, like a college friend had posted on Facebook that she had just gone through it. And I reached out and I was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. The like providers were not supportive at all. And it made me realize like, I need to talk about this and I need to be open about this because this is super traumatic and we're not talking about it. And here I am just like falling apart. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was kind of that first foray into, then I did a lot of supporting people that were going through loss because I was super open about how I had been through, you know, multiple losses. Um, 
and then I gave birth. I have three living kiddos, and through my my first two live birth experiences, uh, my first was super traumatic. My second was amazing. It was with a doula, and then right afterwards, um, I was actually meeting with someone that already had four kids, and I was talking about my experience, and she was asking about, well, I'm really worried about this, and I was like, oh, I found this really helpful, and this was super helpful, and you should try this, and she was like, you should just be a doula. And I was like, ha you're funny. And then I like got home that night. And I was like, wait, should I be a doula? Is that like a thing I should do? And it was like, it was like six months later that I quit my like previous corporate career and was like, yeah, I'm just going to be a, I'm just going to be a doula. It'll be fine. That's amazing. <laughs> so how has that been just kind of transitioning from having a more stable corporate type job to being the servant to the community (laughs) yeah stability what is that (laughs) um (laughs) no you know it's so funny because I I tell so many people the transition into being a doula was like the most obvious neon sign moment of my life because I left my corporate job on a Friday and Saturday, I attended my first birth in person. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was my last day of work on a Friday. And Saturday, I had this friend that she was like, yeah, you can come to my birth. I would love some support. And she called me the next day. And she's like, I think I'm in labor. I'm like, what? No way. This is wild. And I... I went and saw first in-person birth that Saturday. And I left and I was like, okay, universe, cool. Yeah, this was totally what I'm supposed to do with my life. Thanks. Thanks. Giant neon sign. Like there was, and I've never looked back. There has never been a moment since then that I'm like, oh, I don't have those days anymore where I'm like, I got to go to work today. Now Now it's like, oh my gosh. I'm going to go to a birth soon. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. You know, like I just love, I love what I'm doing. I'm just energized by it. And I still get to be with my kids, which is cool. So everything and everything that I've like started doing in addition to it, just like everything organically just sort of builds. It's like, oh, here, this thing is going to come into your space. Oh, here, this thing is going to come into your space. And now you're going to do this. And at this point, my husband now is just kind of like, yeah, whatever. What's the new thing this time? Like, he just sort of rolls with it. It's like, yeah, of course. That's so cool. It sounds like just like you tapped into the flow. Like once you stepped into your path, like it just starts flowing with ease, which is kind of the theme of our podcast. We talk about a lot and our last guest even. Like she just was saying the same thing. Like you're, you can't even really define a start to it because it was just always something inside of you. It was never anything more than that. And I think that's really, really beautiful and profound. Like that's when, you know, it's, it's your mission or your sole purpose, whatever people want to call it, your calling. Yeah. You're there. Yeah, absolutely. And it is very much like this, like I was trying to fit like a square into a round hole for my entire life. And then I just did this thing that everybody sort of looked at me like I'd grown a second head when I told them I was going to do this. They're like, you're going to what? And it was just like the minute I stepped into that, my whole being was just like, oh, just like, all right, this is, yeah, this was where we were going. This was what was going to happen. And I just love it. It's amazing. (laughs) Cool. Oh, okay. So this is a question I had. Sorry, that was a little loud. Um, (laughs) 
What is your favorite thing about um, supporting a birth experience? Oh, that I love that question so much. Um, I think it's kind of interesting because I, I have two answers. So my favorite thing about supporting a first time birth, mm. um, someone that's never given birth before, is being able to see someone really go through this transition in their existence that until you've done it, until you've birthed another human, you just, there's no way you can read every book, you can watch every video, you can do everything, but until you physically go through it, no matter what that birth looks like, no matter how that life comes into this space, you just can't even begin to fathom it. And so seeing somebody for that first time be born themselves. Like they, I, I always say like when you give birth, you're also born yeah. because you just are never that same person. You're never that same person again. And getting to be in that space and getting to help someone. So many people come to me after previous births because they've had trauma and they're like, I don't want that again. And getting to see someone the first time around avoid that trauma is just like it's so it's so invigorating to say like you got to have this experience and you got to have this rebirth and you didn't have any of the junk that so many people experience um and it's not because like oh they had one of the big things I always say is I don't I don't care what your birth looks like. It may not, you know, it doesn't have to be like this home water birth with nothing. Like I've supported cesareans. What I always tell people is as long as you feel like you gave birth versus having birth happen to you, you made choices. You were an active participant in your journey. Even if it ends in a cesarean and you didn't expect it to, if you feel like I made these choices and I got here, that removes so much of that trauma that often happens. Mm -hmm. And so when I can see that for someone that first time and they just get to have this birth that they chose, that they went through, that they were an active participant in, and then they hold that baby and they're like there, it's just so cool. And then with someone that's had previous birth experiences, getting to see them see this very different potential for a birth experience. The number of times that someone has given birth without a doula and then they have a birth with me, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. I didn't mm -hmm. even know because I had that experience myself. I was like, I didn't even know. Yeah. So getting to see that, you know, it is so often it heals those previous traumas and it heals what has, has happened before, especially if the groundwork is done to kind of process and work through that. So I just, there's nothing more rewarding in my mind than getting to be there and see these, these births of babies and, and parents. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's super cool. I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, have, I have a question. I just thought yeah, of you. Yeah. How, um, so what are, what are the partners, like the dads or the other partners, what is their response to seeing that their birthing partner <laughs> yeah. give, be supported in that way? How do you think that positively affects them or what's their response been to you? Well, and I want to add to that, actually. I want to say that in especially the people who've had a second birth or a subsequent birth, I should say, how does their partner notice mm. or respond to the change 
in them for that too. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. mm -hmm, Both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I, I always love like with that first timer, when the partner is watching this birth experience, a lot of times there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear in that partner Mm -hmm. seeing, because when you see your person, like I, I always like I, my husband and I, we call each other like you're my person. Like when you see your person going through, especially, you know, like if it's a long labor or, you know, there can be a lot of pain sounds. There can be a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of physical things happening and those, those partners can be super overwhelmed. And I get a lot of eye contact where they're they're looking at me and we have like a whole conversation with our eyes where they're like, is this okay? Mm -hmm. Is this supposed to happen? And I'm just, yes, this is, this is good. And there's a lot of times where I'll verbally say, this is such a great sign because I'm seeing that fear start Mm -hmm. to rise in a partner. Um, I, I'll never forget the first cesarean I ever, I ever supported the, um, the birthing person had some things come up and they had to actually be taken back into the operating room. And I was sitting with this partner, this first time father with a baby in his arms and we were in the recovery room and they had just whisked his wife away Mm. and we're sitting there. There's not a single, there's not a nurse. There's nobody in this entire recovery room. And he's holding this baby and he just looks up at me and he's like, uh, 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 and he couldn't even like say a sentence. And I just remember spending a lot of time saying, okay, this is what's happening. I spend a lot of time talking to partners, like explaining and assuring. Um, and so there's, I, I oftentimes hear from partners, I'm so glad you were here. I had no idea or I didn't know. And then it's always funny with, with subsequent births, um, especially if there wasn't a doula previously. And then they, you know, they, they sort of come around and, and I'm, I'm giving a partner a suggestion like, oh, why don't you try this? Or I think they need this. Hey, do you, you know, to the birthing person, do you need some water? Can you grab some water? And they're like, I didn't even notice this, (laughs) you know? So it's being able to cue and we get done and they're like, that was so much smoother. Yeah. I, I sort of, I sort of like, I feel a little bit like a navigator mm-hmm. and, and helping a partner. I, I tell people, you know, your partner, your partner is the expert in you and you know, when you go to lean into them, you know, where your head fits into their shoulder and you know, when you're looking for that, that comfort and that strength, you know what it feels like. And I'm around on the peripherals telling them, okay, do this, try this, or I'll step in when they're feeling really overwhelmed and mm-hmm. they need, a, and they need a break because that happens. It's such a, it's such a thing. Cause like I said, it's a lot to see your person going through labor, especially if you've never seen it. So I, I tend to hear a lot of partners just say, I am so glad you were here. It it is. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I think that's cool because, um, I just know from my perspective, when I had Crystal here as my postpartum doula, part of me was like, okay, you know, this is another expense, right? Cause you, you know, that's something I just think that's always comes up with anything. Um, so I think it's, it's really neat to have, not just the mom saying like, Hey, I need this, but, but the dad or like each partner coming in and saying like, this is 
a valuable investment for both of us and our entire family. And that's kind of how I approached it for me um, because I just knew like it's like anything if mom is feeling good everyone's feeling good <laughs> sort of thing yeah. in our family but I I love that you shared that because I think if more men could understand that and be supportive because I think most women would want a doula 100% who wouldn't but they might feel like oh can I feel comfortable asking for this you know what I'm saying yeah. like I don't know maybe that ties well, into deeper I feel like it's just I don't know. One of those things sometimes for yeah. women to feel like they deserve it. Is that where I'm going with Well, that? and no. I, yeah, yeah, I, so often when I'm meeting with somebody and there's like a disconnect where a partner's not on board yeah. and the birthing person is, oftentimes what I hear from the partner is like, well, but why? You have mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And that, that, way to explain like you're the expert on how to make them feel safe because you are that safe space but I'm going to notice that they need chapstick I'm gonna I'm gonna know like oh you're starting to look like you're getting nauseous I'm gonna go grab an emesis bag so you have something to throw up into so that you as the partner aren't suddenly getting vomited on like it's it's these things and then when the doctor comes in and says hey we're seeing this we're seeing d cells at this time mm-hmm. and you are sitting there going I have no clue what you just said but that sounds really scary right and I can say okay it is still this is what that means. This is what this, and I'm not, you know, I don't ever go in and give medical advice, but I'm sort of helping like interpret what is happening when, you know, it's, it can be really scary and it can be happening really quickly because it, it can feel a little bit. I do see some partners feel like they're afraid they're going to be replaced. I'm like, Oh goodness, I could never replace you. I'm just here to help. Well, and I think that some people almost make it seem that way. Like, you know, you run a very ethical business where you're going to be one in the whole picture and you're going to share that and express that as well as even, you know, like you're just saying about the medical advice, you're going to give information like here's the whole spectrum (laughs) of information. I'm not just going to even tweak it to what I believe in at Mm -hmm. all. It's here's all of the information. Now you make the choice. What resonates for you? Because you don't want to dictate how their birth goes or do any of that. You're, you're super, super ethical. And I think, um, what people see, especially with newer doulas, I'd like to say it's, they're so still in that excitement phase (laughs) and, or, um, they, they've only had X amount of experience. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it's not a fault. It's just where they're at. It's like being mm-hmm. a novice person, it's an expert, you know, it's just where they're at. And so sometimes they get into it because of, because of their own trauma. And if they haven't done their own healing work, they project that or, you know, anything like anything like that. And so then they gear things towards what they like mm-hmm. and they don't all do this, but this is an <laughs> important thing. And it could easily be a question like, how do you find a doula who resonates for you? You know, because that's really important is finding one that really matches you and your whole family unit. Oh, whatever yeah. That looks like if it's just you or if it's you and multiple children, if you're having a home birth, a hospital birth, anything like that. Like there's so many doulas out in the world. Yeah. So like, what would you say? What do you look for? How do you even go about 
finding that match? Yeah, I think so. I love this question because I tend to people tend to get like really sort of thrown off sometimes by how I approach somebody that's interested in me as a doula. Um, because I think it's so, so important to find the right person for your support, like you said. Um, it's not just like who's got the cheapest prices and date on the calendar because because there is so much variation on how we support. Like I said, I'm the only full-spectrum doula in our community, mm-hmm. um, and that's not going to be the right fit for some people. The right. way that I practice is not the right fit. Um, and so I think some of the most important things that you can do when you're looking for a doula is to first of all interview multiple doulas Mm -hmm. um, because you may not even know what you're looking for until you start talking to someone and go like oh I really like that or I really like this Um, another thing to really think about is what you know what is important to you on in your birth experience do you want to have a home birth if you want to have a home birth make sure you have a doula that's at least seen one or two that has some home birth experience. Um, I've, I've had a home birth myself and I can tell you that the first home birth I ever supported as a doula was, it was my first time ever being in a home birth space. And I was like, I figured it out, but man, it's super different. It's super different than birthing in a hospital. Um, I feel the opposite because I was at all these home births and then I went to the <laughs> hospital. I was just like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's also, it is like, if someone is like their jam is home birth and you are planning on having like a scheduled induction uh-huh. or a cesarean, not that they can't support you, but is that the right person? Uh-huh. Because for example, like with my clients, I know the jargon. I know the medical language. Like when we go in, I know for the most part, like the standard process that they're going to go through based on what they're seeing. And I can tell my clients in advance, if you're birthing in a hospital and you're having, you know, uh, an induction, well, they're probably going to do one of these three things and then they're going to do this and they may offer this and this is what that means. And I've talked with some doulas that don't do as much hospital and, and they're heading into an induction. I'm like, okay, you need to be ready for these things. And they're like, what? That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah, like it happens almost every time. So I think I think that's really important, thinking where are you birthing? Does that match the doula that you're looking for? Um, and then, like I said, there's nothing more valuable than, than talking to multiple doulas and following that gut. That And that's so big. Um, I, even as a doula, I interview my clients just like they interview me. And... I have loved every birth that I've attended, but there have been some births that I know a different doula probably could have been an even better fit for. Mm -hmm. And I knew it at the consult. My gut told me someone else might be better, but I kind of ignored it. Mm -hmm. And then we got into things and I was like, oh, I really wish that so-and-so was your doula. You know, I don't ever say that out loud, but it's in my head. Um, And so one thing that I actually do now is I'll tell people. I'll say like, I really think you should call this person mm-hmm. or that person because I think you might be a really great fit with them, um, which most people look at me like I'm a small business owner, right? So telling somebody that wants to pay me money, like, I think you'd be a better fit for this other person. People tend to like, what? You <laughs> you did what? Um, but that's the abundance mindset that I have. Like it'll, it, it, it'll come and go as I need it to. And so when you're finding a doula, it's the most intimate thing you're going to do is giving birth. 
having the right person in that space, there are money and and schedules can't can't dictate that that choice. It's so important. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. And I feel the same way as like a body worker, like (laughs) I'll work on somebody and all these other things will come to me. And I'm like, you should really check (laughs) out this person, this person, this person or whatever, because I like I can keep doing this. Sure. (laughs) I mean, go for it. Keep seeing me. And I just feel like your body would really respond to X treatment or any of that type of stuff. And so I love that. I think that's beautiful that you do that. And again, it falls into just you being an ethical whole person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I I mean, I think hearing you you talk about that. I mean, if you have the wrong person, it could cause some trauma and Mm -hmm. feelings of shame and judgment if you're not feeling supported in the way you need it. So, yeah. And which that is a huge, <laughs> that's like what both most birth trauma is. I think people think about it as like physical trauma, tears, things like that. But I think the emotional traumas that happen during birth is really where it's at. And I know we've, oh, yeah. we've all talked mm-hmm. about this before too, in our own experiences. So, um, yeah, I think just, I love how you say it can be healing to have that support healing of a past birth trauma. Cause I really, I really believe in that and those experiences too, to be able to change it and feel empowered. Yeah. Which I always think is really the key to healing trauma. And, and I think even in, in research, they show like if you're able to be like physically active during a traumatic event and be like doing something with your mm. body to help um, maybe save yourself, you're m- much less likely to have like PTSD. Mm-hmm. So I'm, sh- you know, same thing with birth. If you're feeling empowered, you're probably not going to mm-hmm. um, have any trauma. That was my experience in the course well, of my three births. And even with neural resculpting, you're going and you're doing that. You're calling your power back, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. It's never too late right. to go back with the, the right person and, and, heal that but it's nice if you don't have to have it in the first place <laughs> right right, yeah. right right yeah well and it's so interesting because like that uh, so something that you just said is a, also a huge part of why I became a full spectrum doula because one of the things you know being someone that is open and inclusive to all people and all experiences and all reproductive journeys means that if someone is coming to me for birth support And at some point in their past, they've had a termination. If they don't feel like the person that's supporting them is supportive of that choice or that experience, they may not share that. And here's the super important thing that so many people don't know. I didn't know that my losses would be triggered when I went into my first birth and nobody there noticed Nobody paid attention and I was massively triggered and went into a really intense panicked trauma response at my first live birth because I later on figured out all of my losses were being triggered. Well, terminations can also be triggered in a live birth. And so you could have something happening in your birth that you don't consciously realize is bringing these emotions back, but you may start to have a physical, mental, emotional response that's, you know, tied to something possibly years ago in your life. And if you don't have a support person that knows that full history, 
they may not be able to notice what's happening. But as a full spectrum doula, I would never judge someone for any any experience in their past. And so when they can be open and honest with me about that, if they're sitting and they're giving birth and I start seeing, you know, if someone's had a termination and then they're going through a cervical check and I'm starting to see a physical response, I would never say, I think you're having a physical response because of this. But what I will say is you are safe. You're doing a great job. This is good. This is a positive thing. You know, I'm going to say affirmative phrases and words and put a, put a strong hand, you know, to help someone feel grounded and safe. And it's those little things that are so important that can be that difference between feeling like you're out of control or you're present. And, and I think that can be such an important part when you're trying to think about a doula is finding someone you feel really safe being completely vulnerable and open with um, because birth is like the most vulnerable time of your life um, and leading up to it is too, you know, prenatally and, and planning and um, being able to be completely authentically who you are is really, really going to help your whole experience. Well, and I think when you're talking about that too, it's really important to know um, like even sexual trauma too, Mm -hmm. all of that type of stuff can be right there. And so same, same for not having any sort of judgments of somebody being either in a victim state and or in like having premarital sex Mm -hmm. or anything like that or their whole range of sexual expression and what that could Mm -hmm. look like being able to be really open and accepting that you're gonna do you yeah (laughs) it's cool yeah no judgment and so whatever your past holds I can hold space for that Mm -hmm. if it comes up in this process yeah I do um for people that have traumatic histories be it loss, termination, or, uh, you know, sexual trauma, partner trauma, things like that. Um, I actually have people write a trauma care plan Mm. along with their birth plan so that providers, because unfortunately providers aren't knowledgeable in trauma informed care if you're Mm -hmm. in a hospital setting. So, uh, my clients create a trauma care plan so that they can say things like, do not touch me without telling me you're going to touch me. Mm -hmm. Um, ask my permission before you touch me. And it seems like, well, shouldn't everyone get that? But that's not what happens in, in that space. Um, and that can be incredibly triggering for, um, you know, a a variety of different reasons. And so being able to put a very concrete plan forward that you can say, this is, and oftentimes my clients say, this is more important than my birth plan. Mm -hmm. And they'll put it right on top and they'll say, I need you to, you know, they'll give it to their providers beforehand and put like a big red flag in their file, you know, um, because it is, you have a right to make sure that you are not going to be further traumatized, that's so cool that you do that. And, uh, <laughs> and, like, that's awesome. And uh, so it makes me curious, um, you know, and this will evolve as time goes on, but do you feel like one that's being respected and understood more in your current community? And two, do you think it's going to evolve where this will get to be easier where like more people will because you know in my work I see so many like 
people learning more trauma response mm-hmm. type stuff. So, you know, is that going to have, I like to have hope. I like to have hope. <laughs> that's going to become a new part of like some trainings, you know, or something. Um, But have you seen any sort of evolution of that in the last couple of years and, or do you, could you foresee it getting any better? You know, I, I know nationally it's definitely getting talked about more. Um, There's whole trainings now for trauma informed care um, in the birth world, especially. Um, I, gosh, I really, I really want to believe, (laughs) I want to believe that it will, um, right now, especially locally, it's a fight. It's a fight when I have a client that's got trauma. Um, I, I see my clients have to fight exorbitantly hard when they're going to their prenatal appointments, um, to get people to listen um, and to take it seriously. And there are still things that, um, you know, I, if you don't want a male provider because you don't feel safe with a male provider, um, locally as of right now, that's still not always an option, Mm -hmm. um, when you go in to give birth. And so Mm -hmm. there's, there's definitely a long way to go. (laughs) Um, but I hope that maybe if I just continue to be enough of a smiling thorn in the side (laughs) that, um, you know, they see, and they see that, um, when they embrace it, when they just like do what is asked, the whole experience goes much smoother. Um, is it maybe more work because they can't go through the like kind of robot monotonous, this is what I do. And these are the things at first. Yes. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> I think it's good to sometimes break those habits and those, you know, monotonous things that you're going through. Um, but it, when they do that, when my clients are taken seriously and their traumas respected and those plans and those things that they've advocated for are followed, they have these just magical, incredible birth experiences where everyone in the room goes, wow, that was so great. It's like, well... <laughs> when we look at what someone needs as an individual, this is what can happen. And so I hope so. Um, you know, I think if you're, if you're local, um, and you're, you know, that's something that you want, do it, create your trauma care plan. Uh, if you are listening from elsewhere, do it where you live, Mm -hmm. find somebody around you, be the change in your community, because the more that we do this and the more that we advocate for this, the more that, you know, providers see it in the hospital, the more that they say, oh, well, people want this, you know, and here in the U.S., money talks. So like mm-hmm. um, providers in our area, w- area will say things like, well, my patients aren't asking for that. Well, they may not know that things are different options are even options. So they don't ask because they don't know. So the more that you ask, the more that you advocate and the more that you do it, um, it it's hard at first but then the next person, it's a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And the more, you know, that's, like I said, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it better for the next and the next and the next generation, because the more that we can shift this culture back to more of a middle ground, back to more of like what birth used to be, um, while still holding space for amazing medical advancements, Mm -hmm. like 
that's how we get to a more healed space as an entire existence, as an entire society. Because when you have trauma at birth, that's your whole that's your whole life. Like that, you got to do a lot of work when mm-hmm. it starts from the beginning. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I think it's interesting because I I can see how from the other perspective because I worked in a hospital based clinic, you know, a lot of my career as PT, and I know what it's like to be in those settings and they are continually asking you to do one more thing. And I remember specifically when they started making it more customer service and all of us felt really like bristled and pushed back from that because we're like, oh my gosh, like we're working really hard to help people, help them feel better. The doctors, you know, they're saving lives. Like, and now we have to be like, and, and how are you today? And like have this whole thing. Right. And I was like, oh, is how I felt right away. But then the more I started to do it, I realized how great it was and how nice it was. And I still use those techniques even in my practice now of just explaining things. Mm-hmm. And once it's true, once you get in the flow of it, it starts to go a little bit smoother, a little bit faster. And the patients just feel so much better because we've all then been on the other side where there is none of that. But um, yeah, I think it's so great. And I I really do, for the same reason, hope that that can happen and you know, it takes a lot in those big systems. I remember trying to develop programs and things and it takes forever. (laughs) It's not even supported when you're an employee willing to do it for free, basically. Um, and there's just so many layers, Mm -hmm. so many layers to get through. Um, and I think part of it too, is the healthcare workers. I think the doctors themselves would deep in their hearts be Mm -hmm. happy. That is what they want to see happen. But there's so much pressure on them for so many different things Mm -hmm. that um, that's why they get burnout. And that's why healthcare burnout is such a huge thing. And it's not that it's the hours or the people. It's that you don't have time to provide the care that you know human beings need. And everyone that goes into healthcare goes into it for that reason. They don't go into it to make money because... People might think that, but it's it's a select few of like <laughs> like specific surgeons that are really rolling in it. The rest <laughs> of people in healthcare, even doctors, are um, they're really not mm-hmm. in it for the money for the amount of time they put in. So it just creates that internal conflict, I think, for people, and then that burnout comes, and they're not able to give. But um, I I just love your mission because I think I feel like any healthcare provider would be behind it a hundred percent. And how how can we do this? Because we're all human beings. And how can we support each other um, more and more and just have it be fun, right? Mm-hmm. Have us have this great experience together where we both leave feeling good about how it all went down. Yeah. And even if it wasn't the outcome you wanted, I had amazing um, local OB and um, I felt like she was there for me mm-hmm. through all of that. But I also kind of knew some of her story as well. And that's kind of what made her so amazing. Um and yeah, no matter what the outcome, to feel supported. I love that. Yeah. I love that about your work. So, yeah. Good. All right. So <laughs> let's let's go into a couple other things and then we can kind of wrap up. Um, so first of all, let's interject here. How can people find you? And let's just do that first. <laughs> how can people find you? Uh, how can people find me? Um, well, I have a website 
www.rauha, that is R-A-U-H-A, birth, B-I-R-T-H.com. I'm also on Facebook, Rauha Birth Services, and Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm around. I'm around. Cool. So now, obviously, you're s- this type of work in general, you're going to be doing it for your local community. Mm-hmm. But I do believe there are other things you do. So all of the <laughs> listeners who are not in your local community could possibly find you and enjoy some of your magical artistic <laughs> qualities. So do you want to tell us what else you do? Yes, I would love to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have... Um, like I said, I've sort of just fallen into all of the things that I do. Um, but I do offer um, virtual and in-person uh, baby wearing support. Um, and something that I do like to share that's important with that is I do give back a percentage of that to people of color um, that are within the baby wearing community because that is where it originated and where I learned it. So Um, so I do that. I also do cloth diaper education, both virtually and in person. Um, I do reproductive distance energy support. Um, and I do placenta encapsulation locally. And then I also create, um, let's see, DNA heirloom (laughs) jewelry, lactation jewelry, breast milk jewelry. Um, So I do that for people that live in the United States um, because I have not yet decided to endeavor internationally. Mm -hmm. But um, so I can create jewelry pieces for people, uh, keepsake pieces out of things like ash, hair, uh, placenta powder, um, cord stump, and like I said, lactation, breast milk. Um, and I have a special place as well for loss, um, and preserving loss, uh, as well. So do a lot of like ash pieces, um, for loss experiences as well. And all of that's on your website. Sure. So anybody is. anywhere can find that. Okay. It's really and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Her, magical her stuff is really pretty. <laughs> I have multiple things by her. Um, and what about the, um, uh, energetic reproductive distance stuff. Like what, what is that? Yeah. So, um, what I sort of stumbled into, um, I, I actually worked with you, Crystal, (laughs) (laughs) um, initially to, um, learn a little bit more about Reiki. Um, but what I have since discovered through a lot of my work is that, um, I didn't really feel comfortable, um, you know, doing or saying or owning the term Reiki. Um, I don't have that cultural history and that's not really so much what I do. Um, I, I just tend to tap more into someone. And like I said, it can be from a distance. Um, but I have had a lot of clients that find it to be very beneficial, um, prenatal, postpartum, um, trauma, all the things. Um, it's just more of a way that typically what happens when I'm helping someone is I'm just sort of tuning in, tapping in. If you let me in (laughs) and, um, listening to whatever it is that, that is there. And, um, you know, my, my one big experience was I had a, someone that I was supporting, supporting postpartum. I was having a really hard time. I kind of tapped in from a distance and I said, you know, I don't know if this will mean anything to you, but I keep getting this feeling like your face and your hair is being stroked like a mom, like mom is just, you know, you're crying in your mom's lap. 
And I did not know this, um, but this person's mother had passed away when she was a teenager. And she really wished that her mom was there. And I was like, she is. Um, And so I think that that support can really be whatever it is that you're looking for. Um, But I, I tend to focus along that reproductive spectrum of the journey just because that's where I'm sort of tapped in. Um, it's where I catch things. So, yeah. Did that, was that something that you were doing like during COVID stuff a lot? Yeah, it started. Yes. Yeah. It started a lot with COVID, um, supporting people and now it's just sort of continued. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that. And we've had lots of conversations about just kind of tuning into the more innate, intuitive energetics that all people possess versus attributing anything to any sort of one lineage. So I love that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, it's been delightful talking to you (laughs) and even hearing new things for me um, about your work and what you're doing and changing lives and the whole birth world and everything. I think it's so, 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 so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for being here. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, remember, you can find her, say it yourself, <laughs> your website. <laughs> yes. Go find her. Check her out. She's amazing. And enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. 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 Thanks for musing about with Crystal and Katie. You can find all kinds of amazing classes and resources with Crystal at aliveness.academy or you can find her with crystalpleasurefairy.com and Katie you can find at wellnesswithkatie.com that's K-A-T-I-E wellnesswithkatie.com Enjoy your day and have fun musing about and living fully alive.